And now, the great Irish politics book is the latest title from Gill Books in their series tackling important topics by experts so that children, and as I keep saying, many adults can wrap their heads around some serious stuff. Uh, David McCullough is the author of this book. We, of course, know him from RTE Television. We knew him from Primetime. And now, of course, he is one of the presenters. Prese- Do we call you a presenter when you're on the 6-1? Is that wrong? Uh, no, I think that's okay. That's Are, you're okay with that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's it like doing 6-1? I mean, that's big. That's great crack. <laughs> is it? It's great crack, yeah. I mean, uh, everything looks smooth and calm on the surface and behind uh, the scenes sometimes. It can be absolute chaos. I mean, the other day, Thursday, uh, Paul Cunningham, our political correspondent, got a late break on what was in the, the new right. rules for opening uh, um, o- opening the nightclub. So as the Angelus is playing, they're scurrying around trying to get the headlines in the right order and everything and moving everything around uh, to make room for it at the very top of the show and it looked like it wasn't going to make it and then it did and it was great but I, I, th- I think if you were watching it you'd think this is all planned for yeah. hours in advance so it can be yeah it can be exciting when there's a big uh, breaking story happening yeah yeah do you like that like I like that that's one of the reasons I love radio is that it's live and you don't mm. know what's going to happen and you might have a high pressure situation like mm. that where you have to just trust that what you, what you need to say is going to be there yeah well uh, I mean I mean, luckily, there's, there's a great team there, so you, you know you're never going to be really landed in it, and um, usually the technology works and all the rest of it. But yeah, it, it, I mean, on, on a quiet day when there's not much happening, uh, it can lack that, uh, it, it can lack the edge, same, same as any type of journalism. But yeah. uh, on days when stuff is happening, it's great. Yeah. Nothing to beat it. Uh, a bit of ad- adrenaline is lovely. Yeah, and I mean, you must be one of the most familiar faces in Ireland, because obviously it's hugely watched. How does that impact your life outside of work? Do people come up to you? Not really. I mean, people are, are, are generally pretty uh, relaxed in this country. Like some, sometimes I, I get a lot of people pointing at me and laughing. And <laughs> I'm not sure whether to take that as a compliment or not. I suspect not. But uh, but usually people just sort of, like if you're walking the dog or you're doing your shopping or whatever, people just nod at you. Because yeah. I think a lot of the time people clock you and they think, oh, uh, oh, there's somebody I know. Yeah. But they don't actually know you personally. But anyway, people are generally nice in person and, and kind of relaxed and don't really impinge on your on your private time or anything well, like that. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's what I find anyway. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Yes. I would hate to hear your life was being tormented by people, <laughs> plagued, <laughs> can't go anywhere. Um, so let's talk about the book. I, it's a beautiful book. I have it here in front of me. It is the Great Irish Politics book. Um, beautifully il- illustrated, yeah, it has Graham to be Corcoran, said. Yeah, uh, did a really, really fantastic job with it, you know, so it's, it's really brought everything to life, which is great. And were you familiar with Graham's work before you started this project? No, no. Um, uh, I, I don't know whether he was he was lined up before I was. Um but uh, obviously Gil, Gil sort of lo- looked after all, all of that end, end of things and um, uh, they sent me a couple of, of uh, samples of his work and I thought, God, that you know, looks great. Yeah. And uh, then he did a few um, uh, suggested sort of outline drawings. He did one with, uh, with Michael D. Higgins in it and, of course, kids love Michael D and, and he's very yeah. recognisable to them and uh, I just thought oh that looks fantastic yeah, yeah. That, that this is going to work it's going to be great so d- is this how it happened did Gil come to you and say we want you to write this yeah, book yeah um, and it, it I kind of thought about it for a bit and it's, it's a bit out, out of my um, comfort zone you know but um, they, they sold it to me on the basis that there'd be very little work involved because you know all this stuff you can just <laughs> write it down you know and I quickly discovered that that wasn't the case because the difficult thing is to try and um, make information digestible for 
for the, the age range you're aiming for while not dumbing it down too much. I mean, you yeah. know, kids kids know when they're being patronised and yeah. you don't want to do that either. So hopefully we, we struck the right balance. So it's, it's trying to impart information in a way that might be engaging and fun and obviously the, the illustrations help a lot with that as well. Yeah, I was going to say that because I think that would actually be really hard, um, especially if you don't. I mean, do you do you hang out with many kids who are in <laughs> the age bracket? <laughs> well, no, I mean, no, do you have? Because uh, well, I know I mean, you're, my, you're... Our daughter is, yeah, is, older. is just about to turn 21, so uh, we, we wouldn't have small kids around as much uh, some of our cousins are younger, but you know, so we see them from time to time. We have friends with with younger kids as well, but yeah. I couldn't. I, I, you know, at a certain stage, I was an expert in the bear in the big blue house and Teletubbies and whatever, <laughs> whatever was going on. Uh, and and then as 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 our daughter grew up, you know, you you, you go through all the phases, but uh, that's long behind us now. Yeah, so you had to kind of reconnect with. Yeah, but I, I mean, fortunately, my wife Anne Marie is one of the editors of News Today, which is the kids' news program on yeah. on on, uh, on RT two. So she. Um, like that this is her day job all the time yeah. explaining difficult things to kids so she was she was a great help yeah such a huge fan of that program it's amazing it's great isn't it yeah. it really is and like you know and, and it's relevant to this book as well you know kids are sponges mm. and, and they want to know how things work and mm. they want to soak it all up and yeah. all you have to do is serve it up to them in the right way and how amazing to have a generation of kids who'll be a little bit more informed well hopefully yeah and uh, you know and they are interested and, and, and you know they're the ones that are going to inherit the world that we mess up on them so so uh, it's it's only right that they have the opportunity to to find out what's going on and, and maybe maybe to influence it as well, and it's also I, I mean they 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 say in the BBC that um, you know if you can work on news around or, which is the uh, the equivalent program you can work on anything because the idea is to be able to explain things to people in a way that's digestible that's understandable so if you can do it for kids you can do it for adults as well so it's, yeah. it's a very good training ground uh, news today has been a very good training ground for a lot of colleagues in the newsroom now I bet yeah. Um, were you into politics as a kid or into current affairs? Yeah, I, I, I was um, uh, uh, probably a bit geeky about it um, when I was sort of 12, 13, 14, that sort of age. Uh, it was it was the era of the, the Charlie Hawhey versus Gareth Fitzgerald era in Irish politics. So it was pretty, pretty exciting. time, yeah. Big characters and uh, a lot of attention to it. So, the, the, you know, the papers would have been in the house and the news would have been on and everything. So I was, I was kind of interested enough in what was going on. And, you know, that 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 led me in a, in a certain direction to politics at university and then obviously wanted to get into political journalism when I, when I became a journalist. So I was I always had that interest. And um, yeah, so uh, I, I know not every kid is going to be interested in politics, but I think kids are interested in, in, in as you say, in how things work. Yeah. And I'm conscious as well, a lot of the time, like we, we would... Um, we would be talking about things, we use a kind of a shorthand and we assume that people know... Yeah how legislation is passed. We assume people know what a TD is. We assume people knows what the powers of the presidents are. And a lot of time that's not the, not the case. We assume people know the difference between the government and the Oireachtas, yes. which is frequently not the case either. So yeah. it's, um, it's maybe handy sometimes to step back and say, well, how do you explain this yeah. in a way that's understandable and, and, and easily digestible? Yeah, well, I was going to say that because if you're someone, you know, I mean, people are what you're into and what you know about is shaped so dramatically by what your family or mm. whoever you're around growing up, what they're mm. into and what they know about. Mm. So if you grow up in a house where the news isn't on and the papers aren't around, you might entirely miss, you know, you, you get bits in school, but like if you're not, clue, you know, tuned into that, you mm. might miss the basics yeah. and then find yourself as an adult, which is actually, it's the premise of the slot that was on just before you came in. We do every week called mm. How to Be an Adult. Mm. And the idea is there's no stupid questions. Like maybe you did miss something. Maybe you missed... 
politics. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Maybe yeah, you yeah, missed how yeah. the government works. Uh, and yeah, and, and also, you know, if you're getting if you're getting your news from social media, maybe you're not always getting the full story of what's going on or, or the reasons behind decisions. And I, I, I think a lot of the rage you encounter on uh, social media sometimes is is, is born out of um, a lack of understanding. About it. Like there was a terrible vitriol directed at. Um, uh, the president at one stage for signing a piece of legislation by people who clearly didn't realise that he doesn't have an option, he has to sign it. It's yeah. in the rules, it's in the constitution, you know? Yeah. So that kind of uh, lack of information can, can be really debilitating when, when people uh, when people get to the age where, where, where they're allowed to vote and they may say, oh, well, I don't really understand it, I'm not going to bother going yeah. down to vote. Decisions are made by the people who turn up and if yeah. you don't vote you're letting some other idiot yeah. uh, like me decide uh, what happens because I'm damn sure I'm going to vote. Yeah. Are you concerned about social media and the role it plays in news? Uh, uh, well, I, I, I think um, it, it, it can offer great opportunities and it can, you know, allow... allow you to reach uh, an audience that maybe isn't going to turn on the telly at, six, at a minute past six or isn't going to buy a newspaper. So there are advantages to it as well. But people just have to be, I think, a bit uh, clued into what they're looking at. The danger is that it just becomes an echo chamber. So you yeah. just follow people on Twitter that you like or that you share you your agree views. With, so you're yeah. just constantly getting reinforced and you're not being exposed to um, to arguments on the other side. And a lot of the time, you know, you can disagree with somebody and, and you can think that they're they're wrong in, in, in what they're... Uh, the policy they're proposing, it doesn't make them a bad person. No. It doesn't they're not necessarily doing it because they want to cheat you or or betray you or, or anything. It's just they have a different way, a view of, of how to achieve something. Yeah, things have become very adversarial, haven't mm. they? Yeah. It's uh yeah, I mean they're, they're there's a certain amount of it that isn't healthy, but, you know, uh, I, I suppose going back 50 years, people got their news from newspapers and the newspapers were lined up with one party or another. So yeah. it's just a, it's an extension of that. And I think public service broadcasting in, in general, like there are rules about objectivity and balance and all that sort of stuff, um, you know, either uh, RTE or, or, or the commercial broadcasters. And that's very helpful because it means that you can't have that one-sided view. Yeah. Um, it's funny though, isn't it? Because there, there is still among certain people an opinion or a belief that that there is, you know, some kind of grand agenda in RTE in terms of the way the news is presented. Mm, mm. Is How do you, like, does that annoy you? Well, there's, there's not much I can do about it except keep doing my job, you know, yeah. uh, and, and, and keep doing it in, in, in as, as, uh, as fair and, and uh, a, a way as I, as I possibly can. And, and that's, I think, what everybody yeah. wants to do and, and, and plans to keep on doing. Yeah. Um, I'm interested, there's been a lot of conversation recently in the last number of years, I think since the last two referenda, regarding uh, political engagement among young people or mm. a younger generation mm. of people. It does seem to me, anecdotally, that kind of your people in their 20s are maybe more politically engaged than they were when I was in my 20s. Yeah. Is that something you've seen or uh, you believe? I, 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 it, it's something that certainly has struck me and I, I think maybe uh, people of the, that generation are, are, are more engaged with issues than with party politics. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably the, the way it is and uh, you know, certainly with issues like climate change, people, are, people of that generation and younger are very engaged for very good reasons um, but probably not so attached to a party identification as their parents or the grandparents would be. So that makes elections really interesting because mm. it means that there is a very large floating vote that isn't necessarily going to stick with the one party through through their entire lives, which people of my generation, a lot of them would, and certainly of, of my parents' generation certainly would. So that makes uh, it 
a lot more interesting for us, a lot more difficult for the political parties because they're they're kind of scratching their heads and say, okay, there might be a wave flowing in a certain direction. How how do I catch it? How do I direct it in 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 my direction? And how and how can I rely on that come the next election? You know, so it's it's kind of makes things more interesting and more difficult probably at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think a lot of political journalists, it seemed to me from the outside, really enjoyed that last election because there were surprises. Yeah, well, I mean, there you know, there always are. And, and you look back, you know, there was a, a big swing to Labour in, in 2011 and then mm. it completely receded in, in 2016 big swing to the Greens in other elections, big swing to the PDs if you go back far enough. So that kind of um, floating vote has been there, but I think it's much much more uh, of an issue in, in elections now. And, and you know, you, you wouldn't want to bet the house on, on, if you got a certain level of support in one election, you wouldn't want to bet the house on getting it the next time. Yeah. So what do you think, where do you think the future is for politics in Ireland? Oh, it's only going to get more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> only going to get more interesting. <laughs> um, so tell me the book. I mean, I presume, you know, books are bought out at certain times of year for certain reasons. Mm. And this is definitely going to be a big Christmas book. So who who should this book be bought for? What age group? Who uh, do you hope reads it? I, th- I think it was designed, it's designed really for the sort of 8 to 12 uh, age range, sort of upper um, couple of classes in, yeah. in primary school, but it probably would have a, a wider um, wider interest than that. My mother-in-law from Belfast was reading it with uh, great interest the other day, so there you go. Well, look, you I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I I moved to America when I was seven and I moved back when I was 16. Right. And I didn't do any classes in fifth and sixth year that would educate me on the way politics in Ireland worked. Mm. And I got my first job in radio in a current affairs radio station on a breakfast show. Fantastic. And I knew nothing. <laughs> David, I knew nothing. I used to go home in the evening and make myself flashcards to try and teach myself a little bit. I wish <laughs> so desperately that this book had been around then because I feel like I have just always been playing catch up. I, you know, because yeah. I didn't get that foundation. Yeah, I mean, I think they do. I mean, they do teach it now. So, uh, in, 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 in school so I, I think they probably did then it's just yeah. I was away for yeah, such a yeah, big chunk yeah, yeah. you know so uh, you know hopefully it's, it's a primer but I, I think kids that are in, you know curious um, that, that are interested in, in how things work and as you said they, are, they, they can be sponges because they, they, they pick up on, on what's going on around them but you can't you can't really miss it if, if radio's on if the TV's on if you see a newspaper in, in, a, uh, in a shop whatever is happening on, on whatever social media they follow so they do know stuff is going on yeah. and hopefully this will be a, a kind of a toolkit to help them maybe understand some, yeah. of what, some of what it is, you know, and some of the language that surrounds it, which can be off-putting. And, you know, you want as many people as possible to be engaged with politics, to be engaged in the process, to help to make the decisions that are going to affect their lives. And hopefully this will be some help towards that. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It can't really be underestimated. Like, you know, if I wrote a book, it would probably be about makeup and like that would be great and it would be fun. But like, really, is it going to change the world? No. But if you can get people politically engaged and if you can get them interested and make them realise the power that they have, mm. um, you know, you really can have an impact. Mm. So well, congrats on changing the world. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you before I let you go, um, yes. you yourself have been illustrated um, at the start of the book. Yeah. What, what do you think of that? Uh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not 100% now, <laughs> it would have to be said. I, I what areas? The hair, I feel, is a little, it's yeah. a little heavy, but I... Yeah, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with Graham, I'm not going to fall out with Graham over it. Uh, Let's put it that way. And like I said, there are other people illustrated in the book as well. Uh, there are. So uh, yeah, no, it's it really is beautiful. And there's there's brilliant, you know, poli- kind of political heroes in here. You've got um, as as we've said, explanations of basic um, kind of political 
terms like referenda likened to a football match. I think mm. you've done a great job. And explain how PRS TV works. I mean, honestly, Simple. this is Simples. This is why you're earning the big bucks, David. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Thanks, I have really please. enjoyed chatting to you. Thanks and best much. of luck with the book. And best of luck, I will continue to watch you on 6-1. You can give me all the good news and the bad news. I hope now we'll have a bit more good news over the course of the next year. Please, God. You yeah. Well, you decide. So uh, well, that's uh, how it works, right? No, unfortunately <laughs> not. Unfortunately not. If I could decide what happened with coronavirus, it would have been gone a long time ago. But oh, man, I know, right? Um, thank you so much. Thanks, Louise McSherry on 2FM.